Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I'm excited to announce that we just launched my new book, The Fasting Transformation, a functional guide to burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. If you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know that I'm a huge advocate of fasting. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting helps balance your blood sugar and improve your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in the body, how it optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and activates stem cells for deep cellular healing. Guys, I go through how fasting, I go through all the best science and research on intermittent and extended fasting and how to utilize it to help prevent or even heal from cancer, autoimmune conditions, digestive disorders, and neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Guys, the book goes over all the various research and practical applications for daily intermittent fasting, partial fasting, and extended fasting. This book is designed to help inspire and empower you to embrace a fasting lifestyle while also enjoying tasty and healthy foods at the right time to improve your metabolic flexibility and energy efficiency so you can burn fat for fuel and have all-day energy. You are going to love this book, so check it out. You can get it on Amazon.com. We also have a website, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. That's drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. You can learn more about it. And of course, you can pick the book up on Amazon. You're going to love it. Thanks so much, guys. This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos all about the dangers of heartburn medications. Heartburn medications are one of the most highly prescribed classes of medications out there, but they are causing a lot of harm. So in this video, I'm going to show you what kind of problems they're causing, what kinds of natural solutions there are to issues with heartburn and acid reflux, what you should be doing to make sure your digestive health and your overall health is really at its best. And so you guys are going to get so much value out of this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do that now. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. That way you get notified whenever I put up a new podcast or a new video. And if you haven't left us a five-star review, I would be so honored if you took the time on Apple iTunes to leave us a five-star review. Your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives. Thanks so much for doing that. Let's go into the show. 
Hey guys, today we are talking about when heartburn medications can be dangerous. You know, we know medications have a time and a place, but many of them have a lot of side effects and taking them long-term can be extremely dangerous. That is definitely the case when it comes to heartburn or what we call proton pump inhibitor PPI medications. And so when we think about why somebody would take a heartburn or a PPI medication, the most common reason is due to acid reflux or gastroesophageal reflux disorder, otherwise known as GERD. And so what happens here is we've got food and stomach acid in our stomach and it pushes up and basically the acid goes through what's called the lower esophageal sphincter, the LES, which protects the esophagus, the tissue in the esophagus from the stomach acid. See, your stomach lining has really thick mucus and the acid doesn't disrupt it unless the mucus membrane is, is weakened due to like an infection, like H. pylori infection or something like that. The esophagus itself does not have that mucus lining. And so when this acid jumps up through that lower esophageal sphincter, the LES, and hits the esophagus, it creates a burning and it will damage the tissue. Over time, obviously, this can cause a lot of discomfort, heartburn, nausea, um, acid reflux. It can also trigger things like, uh, like heart arrhythmias, for example, trouble breathing. Um, a lot of having to clear your throat oftentimes can be kind of a silent form of acid reflux. Long term, that acid can really damage that lower esophagus and create what's called Barrett's esophagus or forms of esophageal cancer because of the continual damage, the callus that's formed in the esophagus. So obviously, we want to keep that protected. We want to make sure that lower esophageal sphincter is able to close and keep the acid in the stomach. Now, your most common heartburn symptoms... Again, you know, things like I talked about, having to clear your throat, pain or swelling in the throat, stomach not noises, where you're hearing a lot of noises, rumbling, just kind of in the upper part of your digestive system, the stomach, nausea, um, burping a lot, bad breath, tooth erosion. You can actually end up, uh, a lot of people with acid reflux have a lot of oral issues, cavities, gum irritation, things like that. These can all be common symptoms. Also, having a hard time sleeping or laying down due to pain. So a lot of times people will notice more issues with acid reflux when they are lying on their back at night, especially if they eat late at night. So they have to be elevated. They have to kind of create an incline, and that can really help. So anyways, it is a very serious condition. Proton pump inhibitors can be beneficial for the short term for helping to you know, reduce the damage to the esophagus. And if somebody has like an ulcer, a gastric ulcer, for example, they can help reduce irritation in the ulcer. The ulcer would be uh, damage thinning of the mucous membrane and then actually like a hemorrhage or um, you know, a wound inside the stomach itself. So when we produce a lot of acid, that just aggravates that wound. So in certain cases, these proton pump inhibitors, these um, heartburn medications can be helpful. However, all too often they're overprescribed and they are, you know, one of the most wi widely prescribed class of drugs, over $10 billion in annual healthcare costs. So, 
you know, people are using these all over the place. And most people have no idea that they have problems. However, long-term, they've been linked with chronic kidney disease, kidney failure, heart attacks, community-acquired pneumonia, dementia, bone fractures and osteoporosis, and key vitamin and mineral deficiencies like calcium, B12, iron, zinc, magnesium, things like that. So it's definitely not the answer. We have to think about the major functions of the stomach acid. Stomach acid is not your enemy. It's actually, you know, in a sense, when it comes to digestion, it's absolutely essential to have good, high-quality stomach acid because it sterilizes the food. Every time we eat, we're bringing in bacteria and different microorganisms. When we've got good quality stomach acid, it sterilizes the food effectively. Um, it also helps with protein digestion. So we can't digest protein. We need those amino acids to heal our body. We need the amino acids to carry out metabolic functions, to rebuild cartilage and collagen and muscle tissue. So if we don't produce enough stomach acid, we don't digest protein well, we don't activate this protein digesting enzyme called pepsin. So not only do we not break down the protein with the acid, but we also don't get the enzyme production as well. We also need stomach acid to activate intrinsic factor, which um, has to do with B12 absorption. So we need stomach acid to absorb B12. It also activates the release of bile and pancreatic enzymes. So good quality acid, when the acid gets to the point where it needs to be, and it opens up the pyloric sphincter, which is the, the, the sphincter or the muscle between the stomach and the small intestine. And as the acid crosses that sphincter and hits into the small intestine, the first part of the small intestine, it activates receptors that stimulate bile. Bile is an alkalizing agent. Our small intestine needs to be alkaline. So we need this bile in order to alkalize that small intestinal environment protect the small intestine, and it also emulsifies fats, and it also is an antimicrobial. So some microbes love acid, so they can survive in stomach acid. Other ones die in stomach acid. The ones that survive now will be destroyed by the bile, which is an alkalizing agent. So it's kind of, you know, these things work together. It's a tag team approach. So we need good stomach acid to release good bile and also good pancreatic enzymes so we are able to, um, with the pancreatic enzymes, we also get bicarbonate, which is an alkalizing agent. And we're able to really metabolize our food effectively and create the right pH in our small intestine for, for optimal microbiome health and good digestion. On top of that, that good acid helps close that esophageal sphincter. So we don't get the acid jumping up into the esophagus uh, and causing the acid reflux. And then it opens the pyloric sphincter to, again, get the food into the small intestine. Now, normally our stomach acid levels at rest between meals are roughly between 3 to 3.5 pH. When we eat a meal, especially a protein-based meal, we need to get that acid down to in the, in the range of 1.5 to 2.2. Now, that's actually a big jump to get the acid from 3 to 3.5 down to 1.5 to 2.2. We got to really get that acid up. And that, again, will break down the protein, allow us to absorb B12, key minerals like zinc, iron, magnesium, calcium, all very important to get this acid. And it will also open up that pyloric sphincter. So again, the acid can flow into the small intestine, trigger the receptors so we release enough bile and enough pancreatic enzymes so we can break down our fats, sterilize our small intestine, raise the pH up in our small intestine. Uh, it also helps st stabilize our blood sugar when we do that. 
and um, you know we're able to really optimize our microbiome and digestive health that way. So very very important that we go through that process. Now when we don't do it, you know we have all these different symptoms: acid reflux, right? We can also have skin issues, a lot of skin issues like dandruff, allergies, food sensitivities, acne very much associated with poor stomach acid production, not producing enough stomach acid. Most people that have an autoimmune condition are not producing enough stomach acid. It can also lead to things like diarrhea, constipation, multiple food sensitivities. All these things are related. The long-term use of heartburn medications is dangerous because, number one, we don't, we're not able to sterilize our, the, the food that we're consuming. So if we don't get enough acid, now... A lot of bacteria are able to survive through the digestive system, and many of them can be pathogenic, which means we're going to tend to have a microbial overgrowth or too much bacteria, especially in the small intestine, which can lead to things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, also, on top of that, we tend to have a greater propensity for developing food allergies, food sensitivities, but also food poisoning, because a lot of times you know, two people can eat the same meal and let's say there's giardia or some sort of infectious microbe that's on that meal. One person produces enough stomach acid, they destroy that microbe, the other person doesn't. And so what happens now, they end up getting really sick and vomiting and feeling terrible. Why? Because they, they couldn't protect their system. Um, also, when we're taking these PPIs, we don't absorb proteins well, so we don't get the amino acids we need to heal and rebuild joint structure, muscle tissue. So we end up oftentimes with um, muscle wasting or uh, more injury prone when it comes to our joints. We tend to be more sore and have different issues that way. We have poor mineral absorption. I talked about calcium, magnesium, um, iron, zinc, things like that. So we have lowered immunity if we don't get the zinc that we need. We tend to have anxiety if we're not getting magnesium that we need and tight muscles. And with calcium, we'll, we'll end up with you know things like osteoporosis and osteomalacia, oftentimes very much associated with stomach acid, low stomach acid levels, not enough stomach acid. Poor B12 absorption, that plays a big role with mental health, mood, memory, um, you know, so uh, long-term B12 deficiencies can lead to things like strokes, heart disease, dementia, Alzheimer's, different neurodegenerative conditions. So we, we really need to make sure that we're producing enough stomach acid and long-term use of heartburn medications can be very dangerous. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or, you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, 
and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com and enter Jockers at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them and I know your family will too. So try them out today. So again, these medications cause calcium deficiencies, oftentimes iron deficiencies, which can lead to anemia and lowered immune function, B12 deficiency. Another key with B12 deficiency is fatigue. A lot of people are fatigued, they have very low B12, okay? So that's a big factor there. Vitamin A, we also need it to absorb really all of our all of our key fat-soluble nutrients because we're going to absorb them in the small intestine with good bile release. And again, if we don't produce enough stomach acid, we're not going to get the appropriate amount of bile flow. So we're going to end up not absorbing fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K2, and vitamin E, which then raises our risk of developing things like macular degeneration. Vitamin A, very important for good vision. Cataracts, um, cardiovascular problems, as well as uh, immune problems with vitamin D, for example, osteoporosis, different bone issues. And then protein deficiency. Again, we're not going to be able to, you know, all of our immune cells are white blood cells that are protein-based, like they're made out of proteins. We need protein in order to rebuild healthy collagen for our skin, our hair, our nails, our joints, our gut lining. So we end up with a leaky gut. We end up with aging skin that's aging at an accelerated rate. Um, we can end up with brittle nails, thyroid issues, a lot of different problems here. So very, very important that we address this. So instead of the heartburn medications, again, they should only be used for a short period of time, really only if you, know, you have maybe extreme acid reflux or um, you have a stomach ulcer, an ulcer that's in your stomach to help you know, reduce the amount of acid in there so it can heal um, in the short term. But really, we want to focus on lifestyle habits that will help us improve our stomach acid levels. Here are my favorite. Liquid nutrition throughout the day. So when we have like green juices or smoothies, these things take stress off the gut. So we're able to absorb nutrients without having to produce a lot of stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes. We're basically able to get nutrients flowing into our body without having to use digestive energy. That's really powerful. That helps us conserve digestive energy for you know a solid food meal. Ginger. Ginger and really all your bitter herbs. Ginger... Um, radishes, you know, different things like that, um, dandelion, cilantro, parsley. These things all help with uh, stomach acid bile production. Ginger may be the best though. Just chewing on like an inch of ginger before your meal, it's very pungent and strong, but it will activate your vagus nerve and help you stimulate more stomach acid. Super hydrating away from meals. So you don't want to drink a lot with meals because that will dilute your acid. But you want to hydrate well away from meals. That will help your body reduce stress on the system, help balance out your microbiome more effectively. And then when you do need to uh, produce acid for your meals, you'll be able to do that. Drink very little with meal, meal, meat-containing meals because that's when you'll need the most acid. 
I would recommend only a small amount, just maybe so you can take supplements or something like that. Hold off on water after a meal. Try to wait at least 30 minutes after your meal, maybe up to an hour before you start really hydrating your body again. So after about an hour, one to two hours, you want to really drink that water and get the hydration in. But you know, in that time frame between like 30 minutes before your meal up to you know an hour after your meal, you really don't want to be drinking much. That's important. Using lemon and apple cider vinegar, you can do these on food. You can also do them in water, or um, you know, like so you could you could do lemon water, apple cider vinegar water going to have a good good effect at helping prime your stomach acid. And also you can add lemon or apple cider vinegar to food. Like you can actually put it on meat, on vegetables, things like that. And it will help naturally break down the meat and the vegetables, make it easier for you to break down and digest. Fermented veggies, things like sauerkraut, kimchi, um, let's see, uh, pickles, things like that, all naturally Really good stuff for helping support healthy stomach acid production. So having a little bit of that with food can really help. And you know, when you eat some fermented vegetables with your food, um, you're eating vegetables in general, you shouldn't, and, and if you're hydrated well away from meals, you shouldn't need to drink a lot with a meal. Like you really shouldn't be very thirsty. And that will help with good acid production, good bile flow, good pancreatic enzyme release, and help optimize your microbiome. Fermented drinks. So we talked about apple cider vinegar, maybe like some uh, coconut water kefir. That'd be like another example. Um, some sort of fermented drink, even like a little bit of red wine. I, I use a company called Dry Farms Wine, which is, um, you know, basically non-irrigated. So it so the roots go really really deep, has more polyphenols and healthier for the body. So that can be health helpful. You know, you don't again don't want to drink a lot with meals, um, but a little bit of that can be helpful. And eating your largest meal when you're most relaxed, that may be the most important thing, is making sure you're taking a few deep breaths before your meal. Those deep breaths will help stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, and that will help you produce the acid you need. The idea of eating fast, eating food on the go, or eating food really, really fast, or when you're in a stressed environment is really bad for your digestive system. Stress is the antagonist to good digestion. You're not going to be able to produce the acid enzymes and bile you need. So you're going to end up causing more problems. So make sure you, you take a moment, take some deep breaths. In my house, we pray before our meal. And that just puts us in a state of gratitude, helps relax our physiology. And that allows us to be able to produce the acid, bile, and enzymes we need. And then this is a unique one, but eating protein foods at the beginning of your meal. A lot of people think, well, you eat the vegetables first. Now, what I would recommend would actually be eating a little bit of fermented vegetables. So if you eat a little bit of sauerkraut or something like that, just a few bites, prime that acid, then eat your protein. So if you're having chicken or steak, eat that and then top it with your vegetables, your salad, things like that. The reason why is that the meat then will drop to the bottom of the stomach. So you're going to get more acid production just based on gravity near the bottom of your stomach. If you eat your protein meal, your protein foods last and you fill up on, you know, you eat a whole bunch of salad and broccoli and stuff like that, you don't need as much acid to be able to break down vegetables. So all of that stuff takes the bottom part of the stomach where the most concentrated form of acid is. And then you get the meat on the top and it's not going to get, it's not going to sit in there and just um, be saturated by the acid to where the acid can really fully break it down. So it's better to eat the protein near the beginning of the meal. So it drops to the bottom 
and then eat more of the vegetables after that. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Um, also a couple great supplements, probiotics, really big fan of that. A lot of people have made dietary changes, right? They take out gluten, grains, and dairy, for example. And for some people, nightshade vegetables like tomatoes, bell peppers, potatoes, stuff like that. And they see a remarkable change in their acid reflux. And then they, some, for some people, they make the dietary change. They do see a difference, but then they start taking probiotics. And the probiotics have a really beneficial effect on regulating the microbiome, reducing gas, improving uh, nutrient absorption, and now they see huge differences in their heartburn. So probiotics, I would get rid of the heartburn medications, start taking probiotics. And another supplement that can be really helpful would be some sort of like a stomach acid support, betaine HCL. This one here has super, this is called the Super Digest HCL, has betaine HCL, also has some ox bile and has some pancreatic enzymes. This is a supplement I use for all my clients that don't have a gallbladder or have... You know, I typically use it with people that have uh, acid reflux, heartburn, different things like that to support, get their stomach acid levels to the level that they need and help optimize their digestion. So you simply take this early on in your meal, early to mid portion of your mealtime. You don't necessarily want to take it like 10 minutes before your meal because you're adding acid into your stomach. You want to make sure that that's ready, that's there for the food that you're eating. So you take it somewhere in that range and it will really help with overall digestion. So those would be the top supplements to take to get off of the heartburn medication, get rid of heartburn altogether, and improve your life and your health. You know, if you want some sort of like a, a little bit more natural PPI, <clears throat> you just simply take a, a teaspoon of baking soda in water if you do have heartburn, and that will help knock out the heartburn. It's not getting to the root cause because it's not actually improving your stomach acid levels or your gut microbiome, but it will give you some symptom relief. If you want to get to the root cause, certainly using probiotics, dietary change, all the things I talked about with the strategies to improve stomach acid, and then using some sort of a good betaine HCL based product like this Super Digest HCL. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. Um, I will link to this product in the notes below as well as an article that goes into a lot more detail on this topic and goes through the relevant research, the citations from PubMed um, that relate to this topic. So you can check that out as well. You'll check that out in the, in the show notes. Be blessed everybody and we'll see you soon. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.